This podcast is a production of Faith Living Church. If you like what you hear, join us for church sometime in our Plantsville, Connecticut location, Saturdays, 6 p.m. or Sundays, 9 and 11 a.m. or online anytime at faithlivingchurch.com. We've been talking about living in the zone, and this piece of carpet here is the zone that we're talking about. Living in the zone of God's goodness, of his presence, of his blessings. I don't know if you can imagine what that would look like from God's perspective or not. Can you? Can you imagine that? Okay. Well, let's see here. Let's see here. The zone. Living in the zone. That's right here. The zone is the place where we receive the blessings of Almighty God. It's really the zone of his presence. Living in the zone of God's presence. Living in the zone of his goodness. And there's a lot of people who are not living in the zone. They're living out here what we call the land of Ing. You know, they're just struggling and searching and earning and spending and stealing and coveting and lusting and craving and clinging and, whoops, there goes a blessing over there. The blessings are in the zone. There's a couple of blessings out there in the land of Ing, but not as many blessings out here in the land of Ing as there are when you're living close to and being in the zone. But I want to tell you, most of the blessings we discover, we are found in close proximity to the relationship we have with Almighty God living in the zone. Let's see here. Now, have you experienced many blessings in your life? Okay. Well, I'm not putting too many down then, am I? You know, the blessings of Almighty God. Anybody ever see the blessings this morning? Anybody see the sunrise? You did. A lot of people say it didn't rise this morning. So if you was up early enough, you would see it rise. You really did. Then the clouds came in and all. But the blessings of Almighty God are truly being poured out upon us. And there are all kinds of shapes, all kinds of colors. The blessings of Almighty God. And you'll find, whoops, here's what got turned upside down. Okay. The blessings are really found when we're living in the zone, the zone of God's presence, the zone of God's goodness, the zone of his blessings. Oh, there's another ing, you know, let's see here. Now, where do we get all the blessings from? From the blesser, and that's almighty God. Absolutely, all the blessings come from him, and we are the, the blessed. Yes, we are. And God doesn't just bless us so we feel good. He really doesn't. Oh, there's another ing out there, living in the land of ing. But he blesses us so we can become a, a blessing. He really does. And I'm going to tell you, when you're living in the, the zone of God's goodness and his presence and his blessings, 
They're just everywhere. They're overtake you. When you say, well, I don't really need God. I'll just live out here in the land of ing, my own things, and doing it the way I want to do it. There's not as much satisfaction out there. Uh, Does anybody want to challenge me to a game of basketball? I'm sorry, I don't have a hoop. <laughs> Another decade or so. <laughs> you know, the Bible tells us, be not deceived. That's in Galatians 6, 7. Be not deceived. Don't fool yourself. Because whatever you sow, you're going to reap. It's going to come back to you. It's going to come back to you. If you sow kindness, it's going to come back to you. If, if you sow meanness, it's going to come back to you. You've heard people say, yeah, what goes around comes around, or it's kind of like a boomerang, you know, you send this out, it kind of comes back to you. But it's really the truth. And as we've been talking about the zone, we talked a little bit last week. If, if you heard me talk about it, you're really blessed, because I, I don't really talk about the topic of... Uh, Tithes and offerings and all, maybe every five or ten years, once or so. So if you heard me last week, a tiny bit right here as we kind of polish that off, that's a rare occasion. Does God really need our money? No. Not at all. He only allows us to be a partner with him and understand his principles. We do understand whatever we sow. It can be dollars and cents. It can be love and kindness. It can be whatever, but whatever. He says, be not deceived. Don't fool yourself. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap it. Whatever you sow, you sow cabbage, are you going to get cucumbers? No. You're going to get cabbages. If you sow tomatoes, you're going to get tomatoes. So whatever you sow, you're going to reap that. Now, I may just leave that right here in case I get inspired to play basketball with somebody here in a few moments here. Okay. Anyhow, listen what the, uh, the book of Acts, chapter uh, 20, verse 35 says. It says, you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to receive than to... Well, you're paying attention there. Even without that extra hour of sleep. He says it's more blessed to give than to receive. Because whatever we give, it's going to come back to us. It's going to come back more than in which we, we gave it as we understand the biblical principles of sowing and reaping. You sow so one kernel of corn, you're going to get hundreds of kernels of corn back. Is that right? It's just the, uh, the whole process understanding that. And then it goes and says in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, if you give, you will receive. You know, boom, it's going to come back. If you give, you will receive. Your gift, your generosity will return to you in, what's it say? Full measure. Now, I'm going to tell you, manufacturers of cereal should read this particular part of the Bible. Have you ever bought a box or a bag of cereal and half of it was just air? You know, and then it says, it justifies it, there may be some you know, a what? Settlement during shipping. Well, why don't you let it settle at your warehouse there, you know? 
you know, put it on a vibrating table and let it settle there and then fill it up. So when I get a box of cereal, it'll be full, you know, and that's just, it, 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 it always grabs my attention when I see something like that. Some, you know, settling may occur. They know it's going to occur and they should let it settle. And then you'd be happy. It's like, I'm buying a whole box of cereal today. But listen to what it says here. If you give, you shall receive. Your gift, your generosity, will return to you in full measure. In full measure, pressed down. After you put it in a box, you press it down. You shake it together. So the settling that take place to make what? Room for more and running over. Now, he said, the Bible's talking about if you give. This is the way God's going to cause it to come back to you. He says, your gift will return to who? To you. If you give, you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full measure. It'll return pressed down, shaken together to make room for more and running over and then poured on top again so it's actually full. And whatever measure you use in giving, large or small, it will be used to measure what is given back. Now, let me see what I have here in this bag. When you give whatever it is, do you give with a measuring cup? This is your measure? Now, would you consider this large or small? small. Pretty small, you know? Very small there. So if when you are showing your generosity and you use your small, now the truth of it is, this is God's small. Okay? And it's more than yours. But let me tell you something. If you give with large, this would be your large. And God's large is a dump truck that he backs up to your yard. You know what I'm saying? I mean, his whole perspective is a little bit different than ours is. But this is a biblical truth that it's 100% accurate. We wouldn't bother wasting our time reading his word if it wasn't the truth and studying what he says in his word and applying those principles to our life. So anyhow, God's word is true. If we give, he's going to give it back to us, pressed down, shaken together so we can receive more and running over. That's the way God does things. And then in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, it says, How we praise God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we belong to Christ. And I'm talking about because we belong to Christ. We're living in the zone. All of the blessings come to us because we belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. If we're outside of that relationship, God loves us and is trying to get our attention, but his greatest blessings come to us when we are living in the zone of his goodness, of his presence, of his blessings. It's just the way it is. Now, my oldest son, Judah, and uh, his wife, Carolyn, they gave me a birthday present many, 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 many years ago. And what they gave me was a box of fruit. And it came in the mail, you know. And so I opened the box of fruit, and I began to eat some of the fruit there. And then it had a little note in it, and it said, more to come. And you know what happened? Every month for a whole year, I got a box of fruit. There was more to come. 
And that so much is the motto of Almighty God once you really get to know him, is that when God blesses us, there's more to come. It really is, you know. That's God's heart toward us. He's always pouring his blessings out. Now, if you didn't see the sunrise this morning, it's not too late. You can see it tomorrow morning. But we got to do our part. We got to be up at that time when it's rising. And you really got it made now because it's rising an hour later than it had been rising up to this point. Y'all understand that, right? Still like seven times change to this uh, weekend. So anyhow, um, we need not cling to all of our stuff thinking, well, well I got to cling to everything that I have. We don't have to cling. Why? Because there's more that's coming. It really is, you know, more to follow. The blessings of Almighty God, like the sun rising, it's going to rise tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And the blessings that God pours out upon us are going to continue to be poured out upon us. Now, Jesus taught us to pray. Let me see how it goes. It says, uh, give me my allotment, my, my annual allotment of bread. You sure? He doesn't say, give me my annual yeah, give me all the bread I need for the rest of the year today, Lord. Daily bread means he's teaching us there's more to follow. Tomorrow, I'll pray the same thing. Give me, Lord, my daily bread. Provide the things I have need of today and the next day and the breath that I need tomorrow and the next day and the next day. There's more to follow. God is daily loading you and me with his blessings. He really is. Now, last week I talked about Malachi I said it had to do with some tithing and all, and I rarely ever, ever teach on the topic, but let me just finish it off right here, just real briefly. But listen to what it says. And we understand when it starts off, it says, bring all the tithes. That's a 10% of what God has given us. It belongs to him. It's not a gift. A tithe is not a gift. That's what belongs to Almighty God. That's the way he advances his kingdom. That's how his churches are to function throughout the whole world is by men and women of faith, believers, they give that small portion back to God, and that's the way the church functions and gets the gospel out and does their vacation Bible adventures and does all the things that they do. And uh, we'll be here in uh, October, we'll have been here 40 years, and that's the way the church has functioned for the last 40 years. Not by tag sales or not anything else, but it's been by the men and women who have obeyed Almighty God. But listen, I just want you to understand that. It's not a gift. It says, bring all, and what percentage is all? 100%. Bring all the tithes. And that's not, the word tithe is not a religious term. It's a numerical term. It means a tenth. It means 10%. He says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. In the Old Testament, that was the temple. In the New Testament, that's a local church. Bring all the tithes into a storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. And then he goes on to say, well, let me read Matthew first. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21 says, Wherever your treasure is, there your heart and thoughts will also be. When your treasure is in the zone... <laughs> of God's presence and his goodness and his blessings, that's where your heart and your thoughts will be. When you invest your time and your energy and your resources into your local church, wherever that happens to be, that's where your heart and your mind will also be. 
It will be in the local church. It will be in God's advancing of his kingdom. If our time and our energy and our resources are just out there in the land of ing, coveting, lusting, craving, clinging, well, then that's where our heart and our mind's going to be out there in the land of ing and not in the zone of his blessings. But listen, let me read this one more time, and we're about done with it. But it says in Malachi, it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Hmm. So there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, y'all see that? If you do, says the Lord half mighty. Oh, says the Lord almighty, I will open the windows of heaven for you. This is God, the Lord Almighty. He says, I'll open the windows of heaven if you'll bring your tithe to me. That's what the Lord says. And I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. He's just saying that. And back in those days, they actually stored their grains and all their crops in a barn. And he says, I'm going to bless your produce so much you won't have enough room to store it. You're going to have to be more generous. You have to help the widows and the orphans and all the people in the community. He says, you bring your tithe, all the tithe, into the storehouse so there'll be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord Almighty, I will open the windows of heaven for you, and I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it, exclamation mark. Let me prove it to you. Do you understand what that would look like? When he says, and this is something that the Bible says, if you want to prove the existence of God, if you want to prove the existence of God, put him to the test. If he don't do what he says, well, then find something else to serve. Serve a tree or a rabbit or a goat or a gorilla or something. And you say, well, how could you say such a thing? It's because I know God. And he's absolutely true to his word. And that's the, the reason in your weekly challenge, I've given you a challenge that's a 100% guaranteed. Listen what it says there. He says that we'll bring all the tithe into the storehouse. He said, if you do, says the Lord Almighty, he says, in regard to you, not to me, but how this relates to you personally. It relates to me personally as well. But it says, if you do, says the Lord Almighty, I will open the windows of heaven for you, and I will pour out what? He didn't say just cash. Are there a lot of blessings that have nothing to do with money? You can have all the money in the world and still not be a success in your marriage or your family or business or your community, and life is hardly worth living. So all the blessings of God, not just dollars and cents, but he says if we'll bring it into him, God Almighty says, I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have room enough to take it in. And then God says, try it. The only place in the Bible, he says, let me prove it to you. There is a guarantee. You want to find out the existence of God? Is he really there? Well, then put him to the test. And just to kind of compliment that, because God was so bold in saying that, and we've, we've been presenting this, in one way or another, for about 40 years now, 
If, if you choose to say, well, you know, I really want to tithe. I'm a little bit nervous about that. What if God don't? Well, God always does what he promises he's going to do. I do know that. But faithfully in church, if you tithe and you document it and you write your name down and your date and when you tithe and you can document that, you can take what we call the 90-day challenge. And you can give yourself 90 days if you tithe. And then at the end of that 90 days, and you can look and go, nope, God didn't bless me. Nope, he didn't bless me. He didn't pour out the, from the windows of heaven blessings that I don't have room enough to contain. You, nope, he has never done that. Well, then all you got to do is just tell us. You tell me personally. We'll talk to the financial people, and they'll give you back every dime that you tithe for the last 90 days. That's what you call a money-back guarantee. And that's for the people who are like a little nervous. My mama taught me about tithing when I was 10 years old, and I have tithed personally. Susan and I tithe uh, personally because she wanted her son, me, to be blessed, and she and my dad always did. And so this gives you an opportunity, if you're a little fearful, to put it to the test, and you don't have any worry about losing anything. But I think it's a pretty good deal myself, you know. Anyhow, uh, that is written right here on your weekly challenge. It's on your seat. If that's you, you say, well, I'm going to put it to the test. I'm going to see if God will do what he says or not. Or is there really a God or not? It's a good way to put him to the test. Anyhow, he goes on to say there in Malachi, the next verse, the next verse is verse 11. He says, if you bring the tithe into the, the storehouse, he says, your crops will be, what's that word? Abundant. For I will guard them. Not I'm going to send an angel, but God says, your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not shrivel before they are ripe, says the Lord who? Almighty. Almighty. And in the King James Bible, God says, not an angel, he says, but I will rebuke the devourer. And we know in John chapter 10, verse 10, the Bible says the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Anything that has to do with you personally or your life, your family, your business, anything that has to do with killing or stealing and destroying, John 10, 10 says the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And Jesus, there's a comma, and Jesus says, but I have come to give you life in all of its fullness. And God says, if you'll bring the part to him, he really don't need our money, but he allows us to partner with him, to be part of what he's doing you know, so we can be really connected well as family. And he says, I will rebuke the devourer. Your stuff's not going to be devoured. You know, coronavirus is not going to hit you. So what he's saying, I will rebuke that which is devouring you. And a lot of times we go, are you serious? God actually says that in his word? How many of you read it here today? He said that he would rebuke the devourer. That's what he said. Now, he says in verse 12, then all nations will call you blessed. I mean, it becomes obvious to other people. How come you're so blessed? Because I'm living in the zone of all of God's blessings and his goodness and his presence. Oh, I'm not just living out here in the land of ing. Just anything goes. Craving, coveting, lusting, just getting, saving, sealing, barring, clinging. Not out there, but I'm living in the blessings, the goodness, the presence of Almighty God. Uh, here in Psalms 81, verse 16, it says, I would feed you with the... Uh, 
Psalms 81, 16. I would feed you with the best of foods. Now, I hadn't had nothing to eat today, so I'm looking for some of that in just a little bit. It says, I will feed you with the best of foods. I would satisfy, this is God speaking, I will satisfy you with hot, wild honey from a rock. Why would he say something like that? Just because God's crazy about you. He loves you. You're one of his children, and he's crazy about you. He really is. He loves us more than you can ever possibly imagine. Going back to uh, Malachi 3, verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 12, he goes on to say, Then all nations will call you blessed. It's going to be so obvious to other people how blessed you are. For your land will be such a delight, says who? The Lord Almighty. Now, you're familiar with the 23rd Psalm? The Lord is my shepherd. Well, let me read it to you. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have well, what percentage is everything? 100%. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. The King James Bible says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I will not be wanton. I, I, I'll, I'll not have lack. I, I'll not fail. You know, I'm not going to decrease. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. When I'm living in close relationship in the zone of God's goodness, of his presence, of his blessing. Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. And then he goes on to say, he lets me rest. That's not struggling and clinging and fighting to survive. He says, he lets me rest in green meadows. That's living in the zone of God's presence. He lets me rest. He leads me beside peaceful streams. And I'm sure those streams have trout in them, and I'm going to find them in just a month or so, you know. He says, it renews my strength. In verse 3, he renews my strength, living in the, the zone of his presence. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths. Have you ever taken the wrong path? Have you ever been on the interstate when the sign, it was a toll? And once you got onto it, you recognize you're supposed to be on the south side, but you're on the north side. And it says, like, you know, 30 miles to the next exit. So you know you got to drive 30 miles, turn around and come back 30 miles before you can get back where you ought to be. Anybody ever done that? Other than just me. Okay. It's disheartening. But he says here, he renews my strength and he guides me along right paths when I'm living close to him. I'm living in the zone of his presence and his blessings and his goodness, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the dark valley of death, something that's really frightening, I will not be afraid. When I'm living in the zone of God's presence, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me when I'm living in the zone of God's presence, of his goodness, of his blessings. He says, I'm not going to have to be afraid. He says, your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. When we're in the presence of enemies, we want to flee. We want to, you know, Get out of town, man, or, or, or fight or hide or something or another. But that's not what he says here. You 
the psalmist said, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You welcome me as a guest, anointing my head with oil and my cup of blessing. What happens to it? It overflows the blessing because I don't have room enough to use it all. So I got more than I ever need, more to follow. He says, my cup overflows with blessings, more to follow. Surely, and that word surely means certainly, definitely, without a doubt, surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me. You understand pursue? That means to hunt, to 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 track, to trail, to follow. And you'll find what you're looking for. And he says, surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all. What percentage is all? 100%. 100%. Will pursue me all the days of my life. And there's more to come. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Hmm. And there's always more to come. Living in his presence. Now, about 15, 16 years ago, Susan and I had, and our kids had lived in the parsonage right next door. We lived there for 25 years. And, uh, you know, then they threw us out. Because <laughs> they needed it for offices. The church was growing. We needed more space. So if we moved, and we're only, I don't know, a couple, uh, 100 foot, maybe 200 foot from the town line. We're still in Southington. But when we moved, let me tell you what my kids said. You know, when we moved into our home there, it was new to us. All It was built in the 60s. And they were always saying, Dad, is this ours? Talking about the yard. Dad, is this ours? Yeah, it's ours. Dad, and if, I mean, for days this went on. Dad, is this garden ours? Is this ours? Is, is this kitchen ours? Is this bedroom, is this ours? There's a little swimming pool up in the back. It was there when we moved there. Is this swimming pool ours? Is the, the mountain, is, is this ours? Is the forest up, up around here, is this ours? You know, and, and it just went on and on and on and on and on. And I was not offended that they had appropriated everything that was there, although they had nothing to do with making payments on it, you know. <laughs> had nothing to do with that at all, but they appropriated it. Whatever was mom and dad's was theirs. They appropriated Now, you ever done that to your parents? When I left home, I'm... Absolutely positive, I had tools and all kinds of other things that didn't originate with me, originated with my dad. But it was ours, you know what I'm saying? And my dad's in heaven now, and I still had the stuff that was ours, you know, because I appropriated, and he, that was his heart and his attitude, whatever's mine is yours, you know. I believe that that's the heartbeat of Almighty God, you know. And I don't think God's offended when we say that, you know. Listen to what it says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 10. We own nothing, and yet we have everything. We don't own it. I don't own the sunrise, but it is mine. I don't own all the air in this room, but I can breathe all of it that I want to. We don't own anything. 
but yet we have everything. Psalm 16, verse 11 says, yet you will show me the way of life. Psalms, yet you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever, living in the zone of God's blessings everywhere you step. There is a blessing when you're living in the presence and the goodness and the blessings of, of God, the zone, you're living there. And he pours out his blessings so much on us. Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, it says, If you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? Have you ever asked God for something? God loves you. He's crazy about you. He teaches us principles. He teaches us how to ask. He teaches us to be patient. He teaches us, what well, he says in his word, we have not because we ask not. And if we ask and we don't receive it, we've not learned how to ask. We must learn to be patient. And there's principles in God's word that he teaches us to turn the other cheek. You turn the other cheek. Bless those who curse you. Do you understand how the Bible teaches us how to live, how we can live in the zone of his blessings and of his goodness and his presence? That's what he promises us. He also promises us he will open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that you won't have room enough to store. How many ever had a tag sale? You had so many blessings, you didn't have room enough to store it anymore, right? That's what I'm talking about. Anyhow, James, James chapter 1, verse 17 says, Whatever is good and perfect comes to us from God. Every good thing you have, it came from God who created all heaven's lights. Unlike them, he never changes or casts shifting shadows. In his goodness, he chose to make us his own children by giving us his true word. And this right here is absolutely astounding. And we, out of all creation, become his choice possession. God delights in us. When you ask God, What's the most valuable thing you got, God? You think he's going to take you over to Mount Everest and go, well, look at this. This is, this is my favorite piece. No, he's going to look at you and me and say, look at my kids. You know, that's what he says. We become his choice possession. Don't you mamas and dads love your kids? You know, we are God's choice possession. And he's going to take care of us all the days of our life, and then he's got a place that's just absolutely out of this world prepared for us when that time comes when we see him face to face. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it tells us God has made everything beautiful for its own time, and he has planted eternity in the human heart. Now let me see here. Ooh. I don't know where all these pieces of paper came from. You ever heard of a guy by the name of Sherlock Holmes? We've all heard of him. Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson. And how Holmes keen power of observation has solved countless crimes. Few know that Holmes thought 
deduction and observation were even more necessary concerning Christianity. Tucked away in the adventure of the Navy Treaty, Holmes is found studying a rose. Sherlock Holmes was found by Dr. Watson studying a rose. And Watson continues and he narrates and he says, he walked past the couch to an open window and held up a rose. Looking down at the dainty blend of crimson and green, it was a new phase of his character to me, so said Watson, for I had never before seen him show an interest in natural objects. There is nothing in which deduction is so necessary as in Christianity, said Sherlock, leaning with his back against the shutters. Our highest assurance of the goodness of God's providence seems to me to rest in the flowers. All other things, our powers and our desires and our food are really necessary for our existence. But this road says, this rose says Sherlock Holmes, but this rose is extra. Its smells and its color are an embellishment of life, not a condition of it. It is the only goodness, it is only goodness which gives extras. And so I say again that we have much to hope from the flowers. Have you discovered there's extras in your life? That was what the sunrise was for me this morning. It was extra. If it didn't show beautiful colors, it wouldn't have affected my life at all, would it? If you have a rose or don't have a rose, is it going to make you live or die? It's just an extra. And God has put so many extras. Susan and I were sitting at the base of the mountain the other day, and we watched these deer come by. Those were extras, and the birds were singing glorious. Those were extras. God is crazy about you, and he has filled life because you're his choice possession. He's filled our life with all kinds of extras just because he loves you, just because he cares, and just because he can. That's who he is. It really is. Matthew Henry said, everything is, a, is as God made it. <laughs> Not as it appears to us. We have the world so much in our hearts. We are so taken up with thoughts and cares of worldly things that we have neither time nor spirit to see God's hand in them. The world has not only gained possession of the heart, but has formed thoughts against the beauty of God's works. Listen to what it says in John 13, 7. Jesus said, he replied, you don't understand now what I'm doing, why I'm doing it. Someday you will. You know what was going on right here? Je Jesus was washing the disciples' feet. He said, you're not going to understand it right now. But there's a lot of things that we don't understand right now. When he tells us to turn the other cheek when someone slaps you, bless those who curse you, we don't understand that always right now. We don't understand about tithing. We don't understand about asking. We don't understand about generosity. There's so much we don't understand, and we can easily get just sucked into the world, just dog-eat-dog -dog world, you know, just living out there for the temporary instead of living in the zone of God's blessings where they're everywhere. Matthew Henry continues on. He says, we mistake if we think we were born for ourselves. 
No, it is our business to do good in this life, which is short and uncertain. We have but little time to be doing good. Therefore, we should redeem our time. We should use it wisely. And then Abraham Lincoln said, and I'm almost done here, guys. Abraham Lincoln said, we have forgotten the gracious hand which has preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us and have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Abraham Lincoln said, you didn't originate goodness. You didn't get all these blessings because you deserved them. God sent them to us because he loves us. And he sends us a lot of extras along that way. Last verse we're going to read this morning is in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. And it says, study this book of the law continually. Now, what percentage of time is continually? 100% of the time. Study this book of the law continually. Meditate on it day and night so you may be sure to obey all that is written in it. That's talking about living close to God so you can follow his instructions, so you can obey all that's written in it. What's the next word? Only then will you succeed. The King James Bible says, For then thou shalt make your way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. And see, prosperity and success are linked in to living in the zone of obedience learning to obey Almighty God, turning the other cheek and blessing those who curse you, learning how to pray and all the issues of faith. We learn God's ways and we apply those things to our life. And then he says, only then will you succeed. And ain't nobody in this whole wide world wants you to succeed more than Almighty God does. You're his child and he loves you and he's crazy about you. And sometimes we're fearful that we're not going to make it for some reason. We're not going to be able to succeed. We're not going to do this. God loves you. And when we go to him as a child goes to his mom or dad and we have faith in him and we know him and we trust him, he's going to take care of you. He loves you. He's crazy about you. He made things like a rose, just especially for you. It's just extra stuff. And it's all around us. Let me pray for you. Papa God, I ask your blessings up from the men and women in this room and those who are downstairs in the cafe and those who are in the balcony, wherever else they might be, and all those watching online, I ask that you would just strengthen our faith, cause us to be able to believe you and to trust you and to know that you care for us and you got good plans for us. Help us to understand and grasp the truth that the best is truly yet to come. Open our hearts. Open our minds, almighty God, so we can grasp hold of the truths that you set forth in your word. We love you, Lord. We understand that you are crazy about us and all the provisions you have made just because you love us so much. Thank you for just stating it so we can hear it. Your choice possession is us, your children. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. As our heads remain bowed for just another moment, if you're here today and you know Jesus, I'd like you to reaffirm your faith in him. But if you don't know him, whether you're in the building or you're watching online, would you declare your faith today 
with us as we reaffirm ours. Would you join me? Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe that's why you sent your son Jesus. And he gave his life for me to wash my sins away. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead and is knocking at the door of my heart. I open wide that door and I welcome Jesus as my Savior right now. And I thank you, Almighty God, and help me to live in your zone of blessings and become a blessing to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.